Earthy Girls is a mother-daughter duo who love the planet and all things green. Raquel is a Dallas-based florist, while Rebecca is a lifelong gardener and artist. Together, they co-create beautiful gift boxes with recycled florals, paper, and wax. Together, they are the Earthy Girls. Hey, Raquel. Hey, Mom. How are you? Good. I'm kind of in my feels over here. My son went back to kinder or went back to school and started kinder today. So um, just doing the back to school thing like all the mamas here. So shout out to any earthy mamas who sent their kids to school this week. Yes, you're in all the feelings. It's a great day, but it's also, you know, it's a great independent day for your son. Uh, but it's also you know, a time for you to reflect back that he is marching out into the world. He's in the spring of his life, but he's going to march forward. He's going to continue to grow every year. And it it was sad for me as well, Raquel. Honestly, I spent Sunday in a funk uh, (laughs) because I know, I mean, having raised children, I know each of the small heartbreaks that you feel as a mother, as a parent, And as you watch your child grow, there's just a mix of, you know, fierce pride and longing and, you know, hope and optimism. So, yeah, a lot of feelings. But feeling good and ready to be back and do a lot of fun things this fall for the Earthy Girls. So, yes. So speaking of the Earthy Girls, what did you think of our podcast last week? I thought it was really good. You know, I really enjoy getting to educate people about a non-toxic lifestyle and being more eco-friendly. I think that I've always been like that. If you've been my friend for a long time, you know, I'm always saying, hey, turn the lights off. Hey, buy something recycled, you know, (laughs) hey, ditch that and switch. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was really fun for me to get to talk about greenwashing because I think it's really important because you do need to know which products to buy, and which companies to trust when you're trying to be more eco-friendly, more sustainable and more non-toxic. What about you? Did you like it? I did. And I double checked uh, one of, you know, I've been making, uh, you know, fruit smoothies so I can start my day off with hydrating uh, fruits. And I looked at my plant protein mix and it's got the non-GMO USDA certified organic. And I was just like, yay for me. I'm, <laughs> I'm walking my talk. Hey girl, I'm walking the talk. And uh, you know, that's important. We're not perfect. We're not here to say, oh, we do everything perfect. No, I wear makeup. I don't wear Birkenstocks. I uh, (laughs) drive an SUV. Uh, So yeah, if y'all come and check me, you're going to see, oh, well, she's not completely earthy. And no, I'm not, uh, but I try. And so greenwashing is a part of arming yourself with knowledge, right, Raquel? Because the more we know, the more we can grow. So I think it's important for people to understand. And yeah, you took on some big companies. I was a little worried about that. But uh, because, you know, you and I talk about Monsanto and Bayer and stuff like that, mentioning some of those big, big corporations. But we're not here to point fingers. We're here to educate. And Raquel's a former educator. I'm a former journalist. So that's what we do is we just bring stuff into the light. And you do you, you know, you do what you want to do with the knowledge, but it is important to, it is important to say this is happening and this is what to look for to know that your product may have been greenwashed. So 
I feel good. Absolutely. About it. Yeah. And I saw a friend today who is a florist friend. So it's actually on her floral page saying, Hey, this is non-floral, but this is important. And guess what? She was talking about greenwashing. So, um, yeah, I think that people are starting to become more aware of just because a product sits on a shelf doesn't mean it's safe. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's sustainable, even if they slap a sticker on it. And she's like, this product says it's organic. This product says it's paraben-free, BPA-free, but it still has this harmful chemical. How is this healthy? How is this sustainable? So, yes, just become aware of, you know, your surroundings. Be aware of your ripple effect. Be aware of, you know, what you're buying and what products that you are supporting and what companies you're supporting. So, yeah, I thought it was a great show. I do too. And, you know, we always say to us, like you said in the pre-show last week, you know, it is up to us. So buyer beware, you know, that's rule number one in common law is buyer beware. So the onus is not on the company. They can do what, you know, they're trying to manufacture market. They're trying to make money. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say it now. I'm sorry. I own a business. You own a business. The point of a business is to make money, but you, if you are trying to come out and say, Hey, we're green, we're natural, then you really need to back it up. You know, you need to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. So be aware, like you said, buyer beware, look at those companies, look for those different seals that we certifications, look at your ingredients, flip over, even if it says all natural on the front, and then you flip it over and it's got, you know, some artificial coloring. It could say artificial coloring from plants, and that's how they're getting by with this. So, you know, just buyer beware. Be aware of what you're buying. Be aware of the companies that you're supporting. And if there's all better alternatives, then buy those products. Support those companies that are actually doing the good things. Yeah, support the companies. And when in doubt, pull out your app, your EWG, your Think Dirty. And I know there's several other out there. One of my girlfriends has one for makeup especially, and I didn't write it down. So I need to go back on her feed and check it because I think it's specifically just for makeup where EWG has got, you know, food and all kinds of products, cleaning products, makeup, you know, everything. So that is really the mother of all, I think, is the EWG app. So I think people can feel good if they load that onto their phone and use that one. So anyways, Raquel, what did you do for the planet this week? So like I said earlier, this is back to school for us. So the last couple of weeks, I have just been really intentional about my spending and my back to school purchases. So finding more sustainable options, you know, supporting companies that are using recycled paper, that are using recycled plastics that, you know, are BPA free and, you know, trying not to overbuy, not to overspend, not to create more waste. If we have something that's perfectly fine, why replace it? I think that we've gotten into really bad habit of just constantly buying new things, not Um, keeping our old things and not repairing our old things. So, you know, I do like to, I like to thrift. I like to antique. So I feel really good about those purchases. And so just being intentional with my back to school purchases, we did some mixing and matching of some of Hunter's clothes for school. So we bought some new things and we mixed them with some older things in his closet that still fit. So instead of just buying all new, we kind of mixed it up and got a couple new shirts, a couple new pants and mix match them with outfits that we could, you know, make out of our closet. Mm-hmm. So I felt good about that. And I'm feeling really empowered. Like you say, we have a lot of, um, you know, power in our spending. Yeah. So I've been feeling really empowered by that you know, asking myself, what am I buying? How can I keep from something taking up space in the landfill? What is the ripple effect on this? Can I buy secondhand? Do I have to buy a brand new? So another something I did was I purchased a beautiful China cabinet from a friend and a local entrepreneur. And I, you know, I've been wanting a China cabinet 
or, mm-hmm. you know, even thought maybe a built-in cabinet for my kitchen since I moved in. So about three years now, I've been looking for this, just this magical piece. I really knew what I wanted, but I wanted it to, you know, I wanted, if it was going to spend a lot of money, I wanted to make sure that it was intentional spending, it was intentional buying. And so last year there was a lumber shortage and it just didn't make sense to buy something brand new and make a built-in, right? So I started thinking about something secondhand and I found a beautiful piece from a friend. She sourced it and painted it for us to match our house. And I'm just so happy. And it makes me just overjoyed knowing that I got to keep, you know, a piece that potentially could have ended up in the landfill. You know, people throw furniture away. And yes. if you put it out on the curb, sometimes people will come for that big trash pickup. You know, the bulk pickup, people will come. And I love to drive around the neighborhoods and see what people are putting out on their street. And <laughs> Um, but if you don't get, if you don't grab those things, guess what? It does end up in a landfill. So I felt really good about, you know, being able to keep this beautiful piece that has a story that somebody built with, you know, a lot of things aren't built today like they were back then. So it's big, it's solid, right. it's oak. Um, it's something that I can pass down in my family now. And guess what? I got to support a local female owned business and I just felt really good about all of those things. So how about you, mom? Yes. Uh, I want to just make a note of that. Uh, when you talked about your power, your purchasing power, you know, talking about big business, making money, you know, they actually have developed a model in our stores that keep us moving around in a maze and buying things. You know, they know how to put things in front of us that we really don't need and we will pick it up because it's there and it's, you know, it's arranged attractively, you know, it looks good. Uh, and it, they, what they're doing is they are, they know how our emotions impact us and emotional buying is what I really want to talk, talk about with that. So you are in fact being in charge of your emotions. You're being in charge of your intention and you're making wise decisions and not letting uh, some fabulous marketing company that knows how to tweak your emotions, make you pick up something that you, you really don't need. So yeah, you've, you've become so self-aware and I want to congratulate you on that Raquel because that's the biggest thing I think is like we talk about being aware, not mm-hmm. just aware of surroundings, but yourself and your emotions. You know, you're having a bad day. I'm, 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 you know, I'm guilty of this. I would run over to CVS and buy a new lipstick because I just, <laughs> need, <laughs> I needed a little hit. And, you know, Oprah Winfrey said the same thing when she was down, she would buy a new lipstick. So yeah, it's emotional buying. So yeah, being intentional, being aware and making those decisions uh, are, are wonderful. And you do have a beautiful piece. You've shown it to me. I can't wait to see it in person. But uh, for what I did for the planet, it's the same. Guys, you're going to hear the same. Let's talk gray water. I mean, gray water gorilla here. She, I'm a big old gray water gorilla because I've got to keep my garden around. Uh, I've put money into those plants, you know, buying those the cross vines, buying the, the good roses. They're, they're not cheap. Buying the soil, buying the pots and so gray water is my number one, as you know. And um, on Sunday, I picked up litter at the lake. Uh, I had, <laughs> it's so funny. It's just it's so cheesy. But there was a couple of bags in the garage that uh, we had ice in when we were traveling. And I, I left them out there to dry. And he's like, are you going to throw away that bag? And I'm like, no, I'm going to use it to pick up trash. Let me grab it. So there was a couple of, and I had a little drawstring. So it worked really well, Raquel. I could put the trash in and then hold the drawstring. So I did the trash uh, at the lake this weekend. Uh, funny thing, I picked went out in the muck because the lake is dropped so low. The levels are so low. There was a big old Captain Morgan bottle sitting out there getting ready to, you know, cut somebody. So yeah, I picked up trash. 
and of course rinse uh, and dry the recycling and our bin looks great and then monitoring my food waste I did get uh, I may have made myself you know something that wasn't great tasting yesterday the banana that I had left I had one banana left but I wanted to use it and it wasn't so good Raquel so I <laughs> I put it in the compost. Actually, I put it in, I made banana tea water with it. I was like, I probably shouldn't have had that, that, you know, that did not taste good. So um, it probably had a little, you know, it's just past its due date. So it went into the banana tea, which went into the gray water this morning. So yeah, uh, monitoring the food waste is, is big time and um, my purchasing power. So I know I'm in charge of my money and I know I'm going to choose wisely and when in doubt, uh, if I don't have the time to do the EWG app, because, you know, that does take time and it takes time to read labels. I'm just like, well, if I'm not sure, well, then I don't need it. I've got some stuff at home. I can get to, you know, I can make, make do, I can get by. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, that's my number one thing is just intentional. And it, it really is amazing when we think about all the stuff that we accumulate. I was just thinking about it when we were driving, um, and I was seeing all the storage places up and down the highway. And I was, we have so much crap that we have to rent storage space. <laughs> you know, we have to, you know, pick up, we have to get, get out of the habit of thinking more is more is more is more, you know, less is more, less looks prettier in your house when there's less clutter, less things, there's more space, you know, you can feel good to create, you know, they say the artists, uh, our artist mind, we have a blank slate and we do, you and I both know that that's how our minds work. Um, but think about that well, way. If you've been to my house, you know that I'm trying to be minimalistic over here because it brings oh. me much more peace than just having clutter of stuff everywhere. So your your aesthetic could almost be <laughs> a nun. <laughs> you know, I and you know your mom. I love her. I love all my sentimental tchotchkes, but I'm having to say, you know what? I need to let go of that. That doesn't serve me anymore. So it is big. It is an important thing to talk about what serves you. So when you're asking yourself, how can I be more earthy? There's so many different ways and you don't have to do it all today. As long as you're doing something every day and establishing those new habits, and then you're going to love it and you're going to feel better and you know, it'll, it, you will keep increasing. So that's what we're really here to talk to people about is, you know, not, Oh, look at what Rebecca and Raquel are doing. Oh my God, look at them. No, we're, we're just sharing our experience and we want you to learn from us if you can. And, you know, maybe you're on a whole different planet and you're, you know, like uh, there are some people that are on a whole nother planet that we follow on Instagram. These, these are people that are like killing it out there in the earthy world. So do what you can do. And that's, that's it. You know, so anyways, our show today, Raquel, is we're talking about another thing that very few of us think about, you know, like greenwashing. Today, we're going to talk about light pollution. You know, we talked about noise pollution in a mini episode and how important that is and how it affects our mental health, how we sleep, you know, our stress levels, yada, yada, yada. Well, guess what? We are polluting. We are, we are causing ourselves potential harm with too much light. So that's our subject. Today, we're going to talk about light pollution pollution and how we are living under the glow of artificial light and how it's affecting us, our wildlife, and guess what, our environment. So Raquel, did you know that more than 80% of the world and 99% of Americans and Europeans live under a glow? I believe it. 
Yes. So you and I talked a little bit about in the show notes about how artificial light can help, not help. It, it actually disrupts our natural body rhythms in humans and in animals because, you know, nocturnal light interrupts sleep and it confuses our circadian rhythm. And a lot of people are like, what is the circadian rhythm? Well, it's basically our internal 24 hour clock that it helps us know when to wake up and when to go to sleep. So too much light at night can prohibit the hormone melatonin. You know, we're having to buy melatonin, Raquel. A lot of us have bought melatonin, melatonin gummies, melatonin teas, melatonin, you know, pills. So that's telling us that, hey, our circadian rhythm is not doing what it's supposed to do because we're not producing enough of melatonin, that hormone that helps us sleep and fall into a deep sleep. So an increased amount of light, you know, it lowers the production. So what, what happens? We can't sleep. We get fatigued the next day. We'll get headaches. We'll, we'll be stressed. We'll have, we have anxiety about, oh, my God, I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep. You know, you see all the commercials where people are beating the pillow. And why can't I sleep? So the AMA, the American Medical Association, is now conducting research to find out how light pollution can affect our health. So it's, it's, it's not just somebody talking about it. It's actually scientists, your group of people are actually going to go in and look at it and do test studies. So, and by the way, for those of you who like to travel, Singapore, Kuwait, and Qatar are the most light polluted cities in the world. And also think like Hong Kong, think like New York, those big, big cities, they're mm-hmm. putting up a lot of, of, lot of light. Yeah, no, that's this definitely something I think about. So how do you think this affects the animal kingdom? Do you think animals are lost and confused? Because we can actually, you know, think about this concept and saying, okay, light, light pollution, okay, it's affecting my circadian rhythm. But what about animals in the animal kingdom that rely on, you know, light and the moon and the sun to to sleep, to do what they need to do, you know? Yes. Yeah, so some people may not realize this, but this really touched me. Sea turtles migrate by the light of the moon, Raquel. And we know a lot of species of birds, they migrate by the light of the moon and they're getting lost because they simply can't see it. So you think about the sea turtle, which we all love the sea turtle, right? We all love our birds. So they often end up off course and then oftentimes they end up dying. And then we all know this, you see, this is a quintessential, you know, image in our heads, you know, you turn on the light switch in the summertime and the moths and all the insects fly and they get zapped. So those insects are food for birds. So when we're turning on all these lights and then the moths, the flies, whatever, the insects and the flying insects, which feed the birds, they die. So they're, that's a loss of their food. So honestly, the light pollution is not talked about and it uses a lot of energy Raquel and we all know that uh, our energy is not infinite you know this hopefully the sun and wind will be infinite but as you know our fossil fuels are finite Uh, so light pollution is just a way that we are affecting our planet and not in a positive way in an adverse way yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see that. What about marine life? Do you think, is, is there underwater lights or anything like that that's also affecting the marine ecosystems? 
Yes, Raquel. So think about those towers that you see like off the coast, you know, the oil rigs. Think about those. Think about, you know, our uh, Navy. Think about uh, all the offshore rigs. Those produce a lot of underwater light and it is affecting our marine wildlife. And you say, well, what does that mean? How does that affect them? Well, they they won't hunt for food around those. They may run into them and get they may run into them and get killed, so it does affect everything. The life that we're producing on top of the planet and in our oceans is detrimental for marine wildlife. And you know the wildlife already has to you know they already have to deal with our pollution, our plastic. So we're adding another layer of pollution that is affecting uh, our food source. So it's important, guys. Yeah, so what do you mean when you say bring back the dark sky? Okay, bring back the dark sky. I love that. So there are actually agencies that are in charge of trying to find and preserve light-free dark skies where there's no light. So if you think about, I looked at the light map uh, um, on NOAA, and there's another uh, light uh, map that I looked at. And you're, you're thinking, you look at the whole planet, and you see all the lights and then you see where there is no light and, and two of the areas that are currently dark sky is the amazon thank god because we need that rainforest and the sahara so you think about the, these parts of the world where it's dark and it's important in in the sense that we have to have a balance you know you and i talk about that the earth is a balance we are all a balance every day our, our human body is in balance when it's out of balance what happens we get sick we get disease, you know, so that's what's happening to our planet. We are adding another level of pollution uh, on top of the uh, air pollution, the noise pollution, all the products that we p produce now, the light pollution. So think about a dark sky, Raquel, you know, think about we just talked about it in the show uh, in the pre-show. We talked about how how wonderful it is to be in the country and you can see the stars. You know, that's a dark sky. Uh, where I'm at up north, I call it inky black. It's ink black. You cannot see. I mean, you can walk down to the beach because we have solar lights on the path. So when you're up there next month, you'll be able to see that. And you can actually walk down. And if it's not cloudy and it's uh, not too, uh, you know, not too foggy, you can see the Milky Way from our beach. Um, and that's something that we've lost here in the city. Uh, we've lost the ability to see our stars. And so think about that, what a loss that is for the future generations. And think about how important it is, not only for, uh, for, us, for our ability to sleep, for the animals' ability to sleep, for the nocturnal animals to hunt and to feed. But think about just the loss of something as majestic as stars, you know? For, you know, I used to take you to see meteors in August. We can't even see the meteors anymore. So that's a loss. That's a loss. And that's why it's important to understand that, you know, we do need a dark sky. We do, Raquel. So what can we do, Mom? What can we do to preserve the dark sky and to eliminate light pollution? Because we all know, like we say, as earthy girls and earthy guys, there's something that we can do. We can't do it all, but we can do something. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about the different types of light pollution real quick. So there's three types. There's the glare. We, we know what that means. Glare means excessive brightness. Clutter. 
clutter means excessive grouping. Think like Singapore, Times Square, Hong Kong, and then light trespass. And so your example of that is just think about how you're trying to sleep and the street light is right outside of your bedroom window and it's just, you know, going right onto your pillow. So I think that was the case in Hunter's bedroom, right? Wasn't there a big street light that was just out there right by his bed uh, in his window? So, and I experienced that mm -hmm. really bad when Mark and I were on the way up north. Our first place that we camped uh, was the shrine in Missouri. And the parking lot uh, that we were able to boondock in ha ha was flooded with lights. And your stepfather couldn't sleep. He's like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. And I said, I can't either. But I thank God I had two of those little eye masks. So we put those on mm -hmm, and I still, mm -hmm. did, still did not sleep. Right. And we, he, I still did not sleep because the light was shining right into the RV. So yeah, that, that kind of stuff, you know, it will affect and disrupt your sleep. So those are the types of light pollution. Remember glare, clutter, and then light trespass. So what can you do? Here's the things that you can do on an individual basis. And it's a no brainer and it will help you save energy. So really turn on your light outside only right when you go to bed. My husband has a big problem with like trying to turn that, that street light on the lamp outside of the front door around seven. I'm like, it's not dark. So I'll run over there and turn it off. <laughs> I said, I will be in charge of turning it on right when I go to bed because I'm the last one to go to bed. I will make sure I turn it on. And then you make sure you turn it off when you get up. So that's something you can do. Don't turn on all your lights. Use solar lights, for God's sakes, if you want to have some lights in your backyard or, you know, you know, you need to walk the dog or let the dog out. You know, put some solar lights out there. And those are dim. Uh, yeah, you don't need to have it look like an, an airport. Yeah. You don't need <laughs> You don't need that. Uh, so, and also close your windows and your blinds at night to keep, keep all of your lighting that you have inside your home, in your home, and then educate yourself, educate yourself on birds in your area. Are any of them going to be migrating? Know when they migrate and turn off your lights. Some cities and some states have, they actually have ordinances in, or, you know, ordinances. And also they will actually have encouraging uh, words and tips and tricks to their residents to say, hey, we're going to get a migration of the monarch butterfly, uh, or we're going to get the hummingbirds, or all the, and I'm giving you the, the things that we love. The hum I mean, I, I know no one's going to care about a grackle, uh, but people care about, you know, the monarch butterflies and they migrate from Canada to Mexico. So, so my God, they've got a long trip. So guys, it's important to keep the lights down at night. And yeah, if you've got some beautiful landscape lighting point, make sure that your landscape artist, your lighting artist makes sure that this, the lights aren't going up into the sky, that they don't need, they need to be directional and they need to be covered. So that's a small thing that you can do. And then also, if you want to get, you know, hardcore with it, buy all solar lights outside and just to keep, you know, here on our street, Raquel, it was so funny. Uh, my husband made a, a joke about the ladies across, uh, not the ladies across the street, our, our former next door neighbor who's deceased now, but that her house was so dark, she never turned on any lights. Uh, and it kind of bugged him. But, you know, it, if you think about the mentality, oh, yeah, we want a nightlight on on our front door, right? Uh, but we don't need a whole lot of landscape lighting. And, and if you do love that, because it is very pretty, make sure you're trying to use solar 
having somebody that's uh, knows what they're doing and it's not shooting up into the sky and that it's minimized. So that's something you can do if you, if you do love good landscape lighting, cause there is some beautiful, but also to think about urging, um, urging your city council or your state legislators to encourage and offer incentives to manufacturers so that they can produce better, higher efficiency lights that reduce light pollution and save us energy. So, and then also to think about, you know, urging uh, ordinances for the big businesses. Like I said, you know, the big parking lots that have all these lights on, you know, maybe they condemn them a little, uh, things like that. Those are all things that we can do. Uh, and it's, it is important. So, um, not that we're trying to add another stress level on you. Oh no, we got to think about light pollution. No, 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 that's not it. We're just talking to you about how it can affect your health, how it can affect the animals. Uh, and that's food source, right, Raquel? So, mm -hmm. but anyways, uh, there are people doing stuff about it. Like you asked me, what can we do? And there's actually organizations, uh, the International Dark Sky. You know, they formed in 1988. 1988, that's a long time ago. You were just one years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so these guys were thinking even then, how can we preserve the natural night sky? So in 2017, and that's quite a ways longer, they were, they were actually able to do something and they established their first dark sky reserve and it's in central Idaho. And it's about 3,667 square kilometers for our friends in Canada that listen. Uh, but in our language, it's miles. So it's uh, basically 1,500 miles of dark sky. And they currently are working worldwide and they have 13 of those reserves around the world. So uh, there are people that are doing things. So that's that's positive note. Uh, we'll do what we can do on our small micro level, but on a macro level, there is an organization and you can look into them. The International Dark Sky Association, it's a good website. I looked at it and they actually have the light map on there too. So you can see which parts of the globe are just illuminated. So. But anyways, Raquel, that's it in a nutshell. You know, light pollution is real. Uh, the doctors are studying it. People are doing things about it. And um, let's just try to turn, let's just try to dim our lights a little so Mother Earth can go to sleep. Well, and us too, you know, if you are somebody who is affected, you're, you think your circadian rhythm is affected, you know, try to turn some lights off in your house. You know, so we have. After I put the kids down, I turn all the big lights off and I only have lamps. And that way I start allowing my body to know that, you know, it is start, you know, it's getting close to go to bed and we don't need all these bright lights. And then we've got our phone. And um, so, yeah, being being aware of your environment and being aware of your ripple effect, it's just it's all about being intentional and that's what we do here on the earthy girls so thanks for joining us everybody and learning a little bit each week on how you can be a little bit more earthy and how you can be more aware and more intentional yes 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 so raquel uh we're still up in the air what we're going to talk about next week but we'll we'll get it we'll get it going and we'll produce another good show and i know in the uh in the very near future we're going to talk definitely uh fall gardening so that's a that's a great topic that we can get, you know, super excited about. So uh, that will be coming very soon, you guys. So, but in the meantime, what do we want to say, Raquel? Stay earthy. Y'all stay earthy. Bye. Let's move on to Climate Change Watch.
So this week in climate change, see some very distinct uh, trends, you guys. Uh, real quick, let's go to the United States and let's look at Lake Mead and Lake Powell, which are reservoirs off of the Colorado River, uh, which supply seven states in the western United States with their water. And uh, the feds have announced that Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico are at a level two of their watering. So they are at a level two, which has different types of restrictions. They have to use at least 25% less water. And it's up to each state to determine that, which will be interesting uh, because I think a lot of people have swimming pools in Arizona and Nevada. So very uh, dire straits for those three states. Uh, Lake Mead and Lake Powell are at their historic lowest levels. Um, some of you have heard of that movie Deadpool. So Lake Mead is at a Deadpool status. Um, and what is that? It's not just a movie. It is when a reservoir isn't high enough, and that means high levels of water, to release water downstream through the dam to power electricity. So Lake Mead is currently at 1,040 feet above sea level, which around 140 feet is away from Deadpool status. So they are nearing the Deadpool status in Lake Mead. And I know a lot of people, and I Googled it and saw it on online, a lot of people are very interested in the dead bodies or, you know, bones and remains. There was a garbage can full of dead remains and things like that, or people are reading that. But guys, hey, I think the big story is there's just not enough water. So you're not going to be able to water lawns, fill your swimming pools. That's the easy stuff. But what about drinking water? What about water to flush your toilets? What about water to clean your clothes? So, by the way, Lake Powell is also dangerously close to Deadpool levels. They're literally 44 foot away from ceasing electricity production, and they're not at Deadpool, but they are close. So, that's in the United States. Um, watching CNN on Sunday, I'm citing Bill Weir from uh, CNN. He is their chief climate correspondent and he was talking about Greenland and how it's melting uh, and he said that it's good for the indigenous people who are hunters it's making things a little bit easier for them but uh, the largest ice sheet that's really about the size of the United States is melting and you have to consider what that's going to do if it's melting four times faster than the rest of the earth Where's that water going to go? So those are two things I wanted to talk about in climate change this week. Of course, as always, there's wildfires, there's drought. As many of you are probably acutely aware, the whole of Europe is burning. 70% of the United States, Western United States is under drought, severe drought. Uh, as well as my home state of Texas. So, and we are, I think, 
we did have rain last week, which I posted on my Facebook page, but we were, at that point we were at 46 days without any rain. So we have possibility of rain later next week, which is a godsend. But you guys, climate change is obviously here. Uh, if you know anyone in your circle who is a climate change denier, make sure to start that conversation and say, you know, I have stats. These are the facts. These are not just arbitrary things that are brought up. Uh, go to the podcast, go down to the bottom, share those links with these people in your life that maybe need a little convincing. And that may not do the trick, but start the conversation because guys, we are in the thick of it. And um, like I said, I'm going to bring you a little bit every week, but I really want, do want to focus on the positive is that we all can do something. Every little bit can help. So what can you do for the planet today? The Earthy Girls are here to inform, encourage, and inspire you to take that one small step for our planet. If you like this podcast, leave us a review. If you love it, download it and share it with a friend. And leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And y'all stay earthy. Thank you.